Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Whatever your shit is, man, do it. <laughs> Whatever bring you that immense joy, do that. That's your luxury. The greatest thing that ever happened to me was being damn near 20 and leaving Los Angeles for the first time. I got out my bubble. My eyes just wide. My passport is the most valuable Master couldn't catch me, my legs long than a bitch Got too much self-respect, I wash my hands for I piss They try to talk me I'ma just go Yeah, when I turned 23, that's when puberty finally hit me My facial hair started growing, my clothes and ain't really fit me That caterpillar went to cocoon do you get me? See, I was shifting. That's really why Cherry Bomb sounded so shifty. My taste started changing from what it was when they met me. But first impression is everything. Ain't wanna let me go. Always curious as a child and asking questions. So I ain't get no fucks if and buts if they accept me. Yo, my boy Skateboard P gave me that speech in Italy session. Um, thankfully by hour three it be taught perspective. Um, thoughts change so rapid. Turn about a fly, fly boy happen. All the bees buzz, be they buzz, scream, they love me. First time my private airline. Greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Three Man Weave. Three Man Weave is brought to you by the good folks at ChairShot Radio Network in conjunction with TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. And we ask, we implore, we insist upon you week in and week out to use your head by supporting your favorite website for news, reviews, opinion, and analysis with attitude, I said use your head because you're smarter than the average fan. So I know you won't mind going to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and picking up an official chair shot t-shirt. We've got something for everyone. Hashtag journalism, which man, is that if that shirt's not on the money, some of the shit that's been going on the past couple weeks, right? Shit, the past couple years, really. We got Save Tag Team Wrestling, Jesus Did the Job, and many, many other cool-ass designs. I know once you go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot, while perusing ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot, you will find something you find aesthetically pleasing simply by going to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and you're supporting the movement. Because remember, the chairshot.com 
We're not just a website. We're a movement. Look at you living the three-man weave life with Bad News Bears on in the background. Oh, yeah. This is the second one, the one where they played in the Oh, Astro that's Dome. horrible. It's kind of like Caddyshack. The first yeah. one's great. The yeah. second one's like, eh, eh, eh. This is one where they drive to the uh, Astrodome. Yeah, that's the one. And the third one is more like Caddyshack, too, than this one. This one, uh, no Walter Matthau, you have no bears. That's just what it is. That was on before that, too. I'm Mr. Velvet Pipes, Christopher Platt. Of course, the, of course, the voice you're hearing is our commissioner, PC Tunney. And what did you think about the remake with Billy Bob Thornton? And no, I never even tried. I was so disappointed because yeah, there he's go. perfect for the role. Yeah, but he, he I was mean, perfect. It's different time. It's a, it's like some things just don't translate, you know. I mean, it's it was kind of more of a what is that a late seventies or early eighties movie? It I think the first one was late seventies, maybe I'll, about seventy eight, seventy nine. But yeah, the but you you couldn't make that movie nowadays. And I think the remake came out around like 05 or something like that, but you couldn't even make that movie in 05 cuz they they went there. They went all the way there back then. Yeah. And you can't do that nowadays. Yep. 76 actually. Oh, 76. So yeah. Right. But it's still a classic, man. And shout out to Walter Matthau. But you you yeah, oh. no Walter, what are you going to do? Honestly, Grumpy Old Men is a movie you should make a point to watch like once every five years. It's it's that good. The the comedy timing is just phenomenal. That is one of the that is one of the great underrated comedy classics of all time, Grumpy Old Men. You know what? I will second that. And it still had a very doable Sophia Loren oh. in that Melon Farmer too. Oh no, no, that's the that's, that's the, the second, second one. one. They but had that a, second one's good. They had a, the second one's not horrible. It's not as good as the first one, but it's not bad. But the first one did have a semi-doable Anne Margaret, so there's that. There you go. It's better than um, Margot Kidder on a bearskin rug, right? Anything is better than Margot Kidder on a bearskin rug. Me in a threesome with Liverace and Siegfried and Rory. I know that's four people. That's better. R.I.P. everybody I just named, too. That's low-key kind of fucked up. But that is even better than Margot Kidder on a bearskin rug, who I think transitioned as well, man. This is getting off to a very morbid start, man. I'm shitting on dead people. That's not cool. Well, we we got a lot going on today. Let's take a turn and take a break, and we'll be back with some NBA talk. We're in the NBA Finals, folks. Game one has happened. We're going to give our analysis ahead of game two. You're listening to Three Man Weave, ChairShot Radio Network, thechairshot.com. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. That's right. The second worst matchup possible for the league office of the association has occurred. Milwaukee is here. Maybe not the worst thing in the world, honestly, if you think about it. On a global perspective, Giannis Antetokounmpo definitely becoming that international star that they want to have as they move into more international waters. And the Phoenix Suns, that is a big market. Phoenix is an underratedly big market. They just haven't handled that basketball team very well. Game one has happened, Chris. It started off a little even the first half of the first quarter. Slowly, the Suns pulled away. They're up eight at halftime. And next thing you know, after a poor third quarter and start to the fourth quarter, the Bucks are down 20. 
a valiant effort, cut it to seven a couple times under six minutes, but just could not consistently get stops to get back into the game at the end. Kudos to some of the clutch three-point shooting at the end of the game. Chris Paul was too much. DeAndre Ayton and Giannis Antetokounmpo both pretty historical evening, 20 and 15 plus for each. I think they join maybe three or four others that have ever done that in their debut in finals history. What are your first takeaways from not only game one, but what this series now? I mean, it's basically we've held serve. I feel like if Milwaukee can steal the next one, we're going somewhere. Otherwise, we're going to have to wait until someone loses the home game because we know Milwaukee can take it the distance being the road team. But the Suns are tough, Chris. The Suns are a tough damn team. You know what, Tony? Being as how you are a resident Milwaukee fan on this podcast and we're running the two-on-one break, man, I got to play a little give and go with you. I know you just passed it to me. I got to pass you to rock right back, man, and I have to ask you, all things being considered, where are you at? Where's your head at right now? Because, I, yeah, it was close in the beginning. They pulled away. Milwaukee did make a couple of runs. But in my head, I don't think it was even it, – it's only game one. So, you know, no, we're not going to be hyperbolic here. But I don't think that that game was ever in doubt last night whatsoever. So mentally, where, where are you at right now? I can see that as being a fan – of NBA basketball and not necessarily having a disdain or a favoritism towards either team. I think that's where you're at, right? Um, you know, you know myself and DP very well, you know, Ray very well, and you know that we're on each side, but we're all pretty kosher fan wise. We're all, all, all four of the names that I've mentioned and you included naked five, or I think, no, that's the four. Sorry. That can add today. Good luck. Uh, wait till you listen to pot is war later. No, I'm just kidding. Um, all very knowledgeable basketball fans. I think if, if we had to grab the most knowledgeable basketball fans out of the chair shot, I would bring in DP because he's really been following it. But from my perspective, yeah, it just felt like we could never get back into the game. It felt like the adjustments came too late. They went small. We didn't adjust, We didn't play the right way. But I'm not worried. I didn't necessarily expect Giannis to play. I was kind of 50-50. A lot of people were more, you know, 15 85 2080 that he wasn't going to play. I thought, hey, he might play. He's a freak. And for him to get himself back and, and look great last night, I think there's maybe a, not an excuse here, but there's a small adjustment needed for him playing back in the lineup again. Maybe that's kind of a dumb thing to say, but I think matchup-wise, maybe not knowing. I would have wondered what the game would have been like if he didn't play last night, honestly. Because um, they didn't get that jolt of, oh, shit, Giannis is playing. Fuck it, we're going to run it. You know, that didn't happen. I think matchup-wise, they got taken advantage of. But let's see what Budenholzer can do. He's come through and gotten this team to the finals. I don't know. I, like I said, honestly, what I what I said before, kind of kicking it to you, is I'm not going to get worried or excited thinking of both ends of the spectrum, winning and losing, losing and winning. Until someone, until like, if the Bucks go home down 2-0, I'm not worried about it. Like, I don't want that, but I'm not going to be up in arms because the same thing happened with New Jersey, or, or Brooklyn, sorry. So we, we go down 3-0, then we got a problem, right? Or, or we, we go down 3-1, then we got a problem. But until we get to that precipice, I'm, I'm just, I'm interested to see 
what what the coaches can do and I'm interested to see if Holiday and Middleton decide to kind of tell Giannis to be the third. Like, I think that's the way they win the championship. That's the way they become a great team, is if Giannis can kind of play the role that Brooke Lopez and Bobby Portis did while he was out more, instead of having to be the ball-dominant Giannis. Why can't he be the guy that scores 33 like Brooke Lopez did? Brooke Lopez didn't do that as Splash Mountain from the three. He did that as cutting behind the scorers right? And taking attention away from them. So I, I need Middleton. I need Holiday to be in control here. Um, and defensively, I don't know. You got to figure it out. If it means playing small the whole time, it was nice to see Bryn Forbes finally hit a fucking shot. But that is a very talented Phoenix Suns team. They were the two seed in the West for a reason. You can say what you want. They beat the Lakers without AD. You can say what you want. They beat Denver without Jamal Murray. You can say what they want. They beat the Clippers without Kawhi, but that's a very, very good, very good backcourt, very good young center, and a well-coached team. And we kind of saw this coming. I, I think we all forgot going into this season that Phoenix went undefeated in the bubble, and then they went out and got the ultimate, I don't want to call him a glue guy, but uh, he's a he's a culture changer in Chris Paul. I, I don't think that could be understated whatsoever. The way Chris Paul plays and the way he orchestrates things, the adjustment period to fit him into that team was so minimal and the acceleration of their growth was so maximized at the same time. That's that's the impressive part about Chris Paul going into a team that was starting to click all of a sudden last year and now you bring and put him in there. And not only is it an accelerant, it turns it into a whole different dynamic and a, and a much better machine as a team. And you got to remember, man, two years ago, we all assumed that Chris Paul was washed his last year in Houston. It didn't end well. I mean, granted, I don't think he was a perfect fit for that D'Antoni offense. And there were some rumblings that him and James didn't get along ever. But then he comes out last year and has one of the greatest spite seasons I've ever seen. What he That's did up last there with, year oh, with OKC. Dude, yeah, that was amazing. That's up there with Latte Larry's, and I know you get that reference as far as, uh, you know, spite seasons and, and just doing things out of spite. And, yeah, he was the perfect guy to come in here. He takes on that leadership role. It allows Devin Booker not to have that type of pressure on him and go out and does, do what he does best, which is go get buckets. And we talked about matchups as well. DeAndre Aiden, man, you know, before this season, his biggest claim to fame was that he got taken over Luka. So, you know, obviously that didn't look too well on paper, but he came out and talked about it. Chris Paul's been riding his ass like secretariat all year. And that's because obviously he saw this in him, his ability to be able to do this. And I mean, he outplayed the broad brow in, in the first season or in the first uh, round of the playoffs. He outplayed the MVP in this next round. He made Zubas damn near unplayable in the conference finals. And he may have done the same with Brooke Lopez. I'm not saying Again, I don't want to be hyperbolic. That still remains to be seen. Uh, if For my money, he's the MVP of this team right now because they're not here if he doesn't go out there and, and put in the performance that he's given. I mean, this Mellon Farmer goes out. All he's got to do is just run and jump and be athletic. He, he goes out, he gets you 18 and 15. He's got excellent footwork and hands for a guy that big, which I think stuff like that people don't really think about when you think about these players, but that's very important. And he's just so fluid and athletic. And yeah, I got to... Yeah, he's the MVP here. You can see the maturity instilled in him by Chris Paul as a teammate, by 
Monty Williams as a coach. You can see the quality of a of a supportive, productive, and I don't know a growth encouraging team. Do you know what I'm saying? Like he has he has a system in which he can be successful in, right? He is like a quarterback that comes in and in his second year, not only uh, has the rest of the team grown around him, but all of a sudden he has this great new offensive coordinator that gets him in Chris Paul, right? So leaps and bounds, I can just, maybe not talent-wise, but in the maturity in such a young player to come out and play so well. And he seems like he's always mentally and physically under control with what he's doing on the basketball court. Uh, agreed. And speaking of matchups again, I agree with everything you said in regards that this team talking about Millie Boquet, goddamn pronouns, pal. They're going to go as far as Drew Holiday takes them. And, you know, it's, it's funny because every time I'm about ready to write him off, he comes out and he has a performance like he had in game seven versus Brooklyn, where he was completely shitty for the first three quarters. But then all of a sudden come the fourth quarter in OT, he kind of helps brings it home. I think he played pretty well in a uh, game six versus Atlanta as well. But number one, he's got to take on the challenge of guarding Chris Paul on that end. I mean, they had my man PJ Tucker guarding Chris Paul and I love PJ Tucker as a player and a person, but come on, man, you know, that's not a, that's not going to work out too well. And he's also, Drew's also got to be the closer for this team. In the fourth, you can't depend on Giannis because the free throw thing, that's well, a liability. But he's got to be the guy that facilitates. Middleton, I don't think he's more, he's a facilitator. I think he's more of a scorer. It, but he, well, that but way, Holiday. Sure. I mean, Holiday had yeah. a bad game. He was 4 for 14. He was 0 for 4 from 3. He only had 10 points. They, they're they not going to win a lot of games when he only has 10 points unless they're dominating on the inside. I mean, if you if you look at this game as – boy, I had it up here. If you look at this game team-wise, they both shot over 45%, and not by a lot, like 46.6. The Bucks made five more three-pointers. The disparity was at the line. They took 10 more free throws and made – 16 more free throws, right? The Bucks were 9 of 16, 25 of 26 for Phoenix. So the Bucks either got to figure out a way to not give up these free throws or they got to figure out a way to get inside and get more foul calls themselves. I, I'm, I'm not going to say there was a bias, the home bias, but like I'll take the same I'll take the same calls when we get home to Milwaukee. So just keep it consistent is, is all I'm kind of saying here with the refereeing. So Bill Simmons, I was listening to him a little bit earlier, and he brought up a point that you made talking about maybe the <clears throat> excuse me, the move is to play small ball. So just have Giannis out there in four guards. But where are the guards going to come from? I mean, they dusted Jeff Teague out of mothballs yesterday. I, I have no idea he was as washed as he was. He looked like two-day well, old I think shit. The, in a <laughs> the maximized – the maximized. There's a fucking word for you. The, the – the maximized small ball roster would be Holiday, Connaughton, Middleton, Portis, and Giannis. In either Portis or Tucker, and likely probably Tucker. But that's your Connaughton. Connaughton's been. I think Connaughton is a very underrated player. I don't think people understand. The guy can rebound. The guy can play defense. He can guard one through three, and he can he can make some shots from the outside. So he's someone that needs to continue to step up off the bench because Forbes has not done so. Portis has finally been up and down a little bit. He was 
lost a little while for the Nets series, came back in the Hawks series. We'll see what he does in the finals here. But Dante DiVincenzo is a guy that they are missing mightily on this team. That is a guy who is an underrated shooting guard. He was third on the team in three-point percentage. He's also probably their best rebounding guard and maybe their third best defender. So to be missing that right now hurts when, like you said, Teague's getting older. He came in later in the season. P.J. Tucker has been a godsend for this team. I don't think this team makes the finals without P.J. Tucker. So we'll see. The Suns have their own P.J. Tucker, Jay Crowder, right? So those two guys, I didn't really see them imposing their will yesterday. It was kind of like a tit-for-tat on each side. I don't really see that being a huge factor. But can can you find a way to minimize what Chris Paul does best and maximize yourself on the offensive end? they got to play better defense. You can't be giving up that many points and expect to be winning. So we'll see. Game two's got to be a different look for the Bucks, Otherwise... They're going to be battling a uphill, uphill road the entire way. So Sarge is out. He tore his ACL, so he's he's donezo. Chris Paul's not exactly the picture of health. Giannis is a freak. I, I knew he was going to play yesterday when they upgraded him from from what was it? Uh, doubtful to questionable. That let me know. Okay, he's probably going to yeah, he's probably going to play and played well. He really did, but. That might be a factor as well, injuries. I mean, that's been the theme of this entire postseason. It's funny. We had this conversation a few weeks ago talking about at the end of this year, when we look back on it, who is the player that we're going to remember the most? I don't think it is a player. I think it's Band-Aid. 2021, sponsored by Band-Aid and Bioflex and Icy Hot. Icy Hot, yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, you got 10 All-Stars missing a playoff game in the playoffs and make it 11 because, and I, I'll make it 11 on my own personal account because I said Trey Young is the, my number one snub on the all-star team, right? He should have been on there. So whatever, you have that number of stars, right? And like, and like we said before, listen, like, and if I add Trey Young to that list and we talk about Kyrie Irving, those are not attributed to contrition and overexertion and over repetition no they're not those are freak things that happen you roll your ankle that's gonna that doesn't matter you could that could happen the first day or the last day right it's not wearing your body down over time so what what do you how do you see this because like i already told you i mean i'm just waiting for someone to not hold serve right i'm waiting for a home team to lose a game and then i think things are going to get interesting how do you see this series playing out now as you've seen game one i mean I think it's a bonus, honestly, that Giannis looks as good as he does. Totally agree. And on, I believe it was yesterday's show, I said I had Phoenix in six. Nothing I saw last night would lead me to believe otherwise. I still think Phoenix in six. I do think Phoenix holds serve here in game two. We go back to Millie Walker, Bucks pick up a couple, and that's how it's going to go. But I wouldn't be surprised if Milwaukee came out in one game, too. I mean, the one thing about the NBA is there really is not a whole lot of correlation between game one and game two. They can be as different as an eyeball and an asshole. You know what I mean? So they didn't look great yesterday. But as you said, we'll see if there are some adjustments to be made. I don't really know. And maybe Phoenix doesn't shoot that well. Maybe they don't get the home cooking from the refs. Who knows? Maybe Lopez resurrects himself because remember he looked like shit in the uh, the beginning of the Brooklyn series too, and he came back in. Well, the Atlanta series held him down. 
the Atlanta yeah, and series. the Atlanta series. Yeah, so, they're like you yeah. can't play you can't play Brooke Lopez because of Trey Young makes him look bad, and then he comes out in fourteen eighteen. You know, they just boot. It's it's coaching, Chris. It's coaching. Look at you know the better coaching performance was put in on the Phoenix side for game one, and we're gonna have to wait and see what happens because when the performances are that close, the biggest discrepancy was the free throws, right? Like at almost every other team stat there. It was it was the ability to put in the right game plan, and that led to a double digit victory. And you know how I feel about coaching. I, I got to be honest. I think that it's somewhat overrated. Like Until I you get look to the at playoffs. coaching. I, well, I look like coaching as like the bell curve. I think that's what's called the bell curve. So if you got thirty teams. There's five coaches that matter and may be able to make adjustments to elevate their teams. There's five coaches at the bottom that do things or don't do things that causes their teams to be worse. And then everybody else is kind of in the middle, depending on the talent that they have. Now, right. But th- at the same time, let's put it this way, that 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 holds 100 percent true throughout the uh, uh, entirety of one regular season. But when you break it down into individual matchups head to head for a very short amount of time, you get exposed real quick. Well, that was what I was gonna say, man. Oh, I think sorry. your man Booze might be in that bottom five. I mean, let's I mean, let's just keep it a bucket of half, man. This Mellon Farmer done inspector gadgeted his way into the NBA finals, man. <laughs> Something to say about that though, right? I mean, they, they go ahead and they, they they sweep Miami. Let's not forget about that. Okay. They came out and took care of business right away. Kevin Durant has some amazing performances. They find a way anyway to win game seven in Brooklyn. They get made to look not very good by Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks only to turn around and the Bucks to go ahead and take care of that series. Right? So we'll see. I'm not going to, I've said it all along. Like the coaching matchup does not favor us at all in any playoff series. So we'll see. We'll see. All right, fair enough. We're going to take a quick break. We got, uh, what do we got? Two, three other little sports stories for you here. You're listening to Three Man Weave. You can follow us at three underscore man weave on the Twitter. Go ahead and do that. And make sure you go ahead and follow Chairshot Media at Chairshot Media, all over the social platforms, sports, entertainment, and sports entertainment, thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, TheChairShot.com. Welcome back, Three Man Weave. Chris, I'm, I'm looking to grab a couple new t-shirts for the, for the rest of the summer. Any ideas on 
where I could obtain said T-shirts? It's funny you mention that. I know a great place for T-shirts, and not only will you get a cool-ass T-shirt, but you'll also be supporting your favorite website for news, reviews, opinion, and analysis with attitude because you're smarter than the average fans, honey. And so are you, listener. That's why you're here. So make sure y'all go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and pick up an official chair shot t-shirt. We literally have something for everyone. When you get to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot, check out some of the assorted chair shot logos that we have. They, they, we kind of play off some familiar and iconic logos that you already know. You just kind of insert the chair shot logo in there or the chair shot name in there. And it's pretty cool. Check it out. They're good quality. They don't shrink too much when you wash them. And they look cool. You can really go out and coordinate. Like, you could go out and style and profile in some of these shirts, folks. I guarantee you. I've done it before. And when I do, the shirts get over. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Please and thank you, thank you. And please, thechairshot.com reminding you to always use your head. I like it. I like it a lot. Well, as we record... The Euros, Euro 2020 being played in 2021 because of COVID. I'm just giving you an update here. England will be facing Italy this Sunday in the final. I know I've been listening to and watching uh, Mags and the, the whole crew over there, Matt and Tanner from Radio Techers. So go ahead and follow them and find them on YouTube for some good watch-alongs. Italy and England in that final. The the third place will be Denmark and Spain. Just a news note there for you. I know Platt. Platt, have you have you caught any of the Euro Championships this year? Not much, but Italy's tough, man. Yeah. The the little bit that I have caught, I've I've seen Italy a few times. They're it, tough. It's been one of the better tournaments I've seen since I've started watching European football. So we we've, we've had two huge come from behind. Uh, matches down two in like the 88 plus minutes one to come back to force extra time to lose the other one to come back to force extra time and win just some amazing penalty shootouts and things of that nature so if you're looking to watch some really good football Sunday is the day and make sure you go ahead and check out Radio Techers right there on YouTube shout out to the king of moral assists Mags himself if he listens he'll know what that means cheers to him uh, another news note here let's kind of stay with the european thing i believe golf started over there bryson DeChambeau and aaron Rodgers took on phil mickelson and tom brady in the match yesterday it was highly entertaining i enjoyed it myself they play i think the biggest takeaway if you tuned in and you were watching on hd or a big screen with really nice picture is this course in montana was just unbelievably amazing the elevation changes and the scenery around it there was a the, the, the fact that they were up in the elevation, the golf ball flew so much farther, right? So Bryson DeChambeau averages 320 yards on tour. So that means, on average, whether he's at sea level or up in elevation, he's going about 320. Well, there's one hole, it was 777-yard par 5, and it was completely downhill. Like, by the time you, you got from the tee box in elevation down to the green, you're shooting downwards over 700 yards you have dropped down nearly a football field, 280 feet drop down in elevation. Aaron Rodgers hit a 420-yard drive on this hole. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau hit a 480-yard wow. drive. Now, Bryson DeChambeau's 480-yard drive carried a large majority of that. Rodgers, he drove his about 350, and there was a huge 
dissension there. So he caught one. The dip, yeah. Yep. But the the ball also flies farther in the higher elevation. But it was highly entertaining. Phil Mickelson was a blast. Tom Brady was fun. Bryson DeChambeau, you could see what kind of mad scientist he is, what goes through his head on the golf course. But the MVP of the match was the reigning NFL MVP, Aaron Rodgers. At one point, they had used his drive off the tee seven out of eight times. They were playing a, a um, alternate shot format, modified. And Aaron Rodgers sank three or four putts, including the birdie putt, to win the match. So these are always fun. Some possible people they're talking about getting back out on the course. Uh, they want to get Brooks Kepka versus Bryson DeChambeau on the match. I know Chris would be tuning in for that one. Um, you goddamn right. The grudge they, match. So Charles Barkley, blood sport. Larry Fitzgerald, Trevor Immelman, and Brian Anderson were on the call. Larry Fitzgerald is an excellent golfer, and he would be an awesome addition to the match. Chuck's been out there before. He already got fired by Phil Mickelson, apparently. Phil said, I don't want you on my team no more. No, shout out to Chuck. Um, Wayne Gretzky, now that TNT was covering this, and uh, they're also going to cover hockey. They talked about maybe he could match up with his son-in-law, Dustin Johnson, to come out here and do this. Um, Michael Jordan was the number one overall one they want to get on here. A trash talker extraordinaire. Mike would be phenomenal. I don't think you'd ever get it, though. No uh, way in hell. I want to see Steph Curry, Tony Romo. Those are two guys that actually have um, come close qualifying for the U.S. Open in Tony Romo and played in a um, Corn Ferry Tour, which is like the minor leagues of, of PGA, and actually made the cut in Steph Curry. So those are two guys that actually – have zero handicap. They, they are pretty much scratch golfers and could be better with without their jobs that they have as day jobs. So is there anybody that you know of, Chris, that you think would be highly entertaining to watch on one of these matchups on the golf course outside of the golfers from another sport? Well, you took my name. I was When you Mike. started bringing up names, the no, nah, I was going to say Tony. Tony oh, Romo. Romo, that, yeah. Because that – because I know he's actually a very good golfer as well. He just seems like when the Mellon Farmers, he's just good at anything he does, you know. Now, I know I don't know because he works for Viacom, a.k.a. CBS, and Turner is Warner Media. So I, I don't know contractually if that would even I be possible, but I think he'd be interesting. I think they'd be stupid not to let him do it with a little bit of cross-promotion. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I think there's yeah. money to be made on both sides there, so... And I, get, I think Steph would be good too, because don't don't be fooled, man. Chef, Chef's a shit talker, man. Don't no, be fooled, <laughs> Mr. Mr. Holy Moly himself as well. So he's the Holy Moly in there, right? Um, yeah, it's just a good fun time. It's it's interesting to watch. The commentary's fun. They they raise a shit ton of money. They had President Barack Obama on. They were trying to get him to try and maybe come out and do one of the matches. He's like, ah, well, I don't know about that. Um, that's my best Obama. That's all I got. Uh, I try to have a, I try to have a, uh, impersonation for each of the presidents and I don't know. That's not one of my, I think that one's in the middle, you know, I don't know. What do you have a best president impersonation you do? Um, I can do a decent Obama every now and again. It just depends. My Clinton's not horrible, you know? I think my I don't be- think you heard me, America. Yeah. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. You got to what you got to do is you got to wrap you got to make the fist, but you got to put the thumb in between the middle and, and pointer <laughs> finger like this and then you got to point with that thumb in between there. That's a Clintonism, right? Um mine that's was a, always No, that's a Clinton uh move. Like <laughs> Yeah, that's a Clintonism. That's what he does, right? That, that, we 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 talking about two totally different things. But oh, keep that, up, oh keep I going. got you. Okay, I understand. <laughs> that's that's interesting. That maybe that's all I got done. Interesting. Okay, well, you have to take notes there. I mine has always been an impersonation of Dana Carvey doing a George Bush impersonation. 
<laughs> so it's not even my impersonation of the first George Bush president. It's my impersonation of Dana Carvey impersonating George Bush. It's like, not going to do it. Wouldn't be prudent. Not good for the economy. <laughs> right? Barbara, I'm going to be home late. You know, that's that's really all I got. So I kind of took this show on a little side turn. Save me. I do a great Abraham Lincoln, too. You want to hear it? Oh, this is going to be bad, isn't it? Yeah, okay. That's what I thought. It's going to be pretty bad. Yeah, I get it. I got it. Yep, you can stop any time now. That's horrible. It's really bad. I'm waiting for you to laugh. What you, what, what you got against the 16th president of the United States of America? Or nothing, but that was was silence, <laughs> your impersonation? Yeah, because he's dead. I was bringing it back full circle to how we started the show. Okay. I was talking about having an orgy with a bunch of dead guys and shitting on Margot Kidder, who is also dead. Oh, you did say that, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep up. Come on. That'd be what? That'd be <laughs> you can call. You can almost call that a three-man weave. Pop. <laughs> that's four quarters, though. Oh my goodness, that's a that's a Dean Smith thing. So let's keep moving along here. I can tell you that. If you do like watching the other athletes play golf outside of the PGA professionals, they are playing at Lake Tahoe this weekend, uh, one of the bigger celebrity and professional athlete tournaments. Very fun to watch, so check that out for local listings. UFC 264, I do believe it is 264. Let me check my notes here to make sure. Yeah, 264, Poirier and McGregor. A couple other excellent fights on this card as well. Gilbert Burns, Stephen Thompson. Ty Tuavasa, we'll go with that, against Greg Hardy. Sean O'Malley on this card as well. Chris Poirier-McGregor, three. The winner should be in line to fight for that lightweight title against Charles Oliveira. Who you got coming out on top here? I got to go Poirier, man. At this point in time, McGregor, he's he's washed. You know, he's still a huge draw. He's probably the hugest draw they have, and he can talk him into the building. But he's kind of on that Chell Sonnen side of the game now. You know how Chell Sonnen got an extra, like, what, five to eight years out of his career just because he could talk? I, I think that McGregor's on that, and obviously he's going to get a big payday. Every now and again, they're going to have to throw him a soup can so he can get a win and still maintain some of his credibility. But I, I got Poirier in this, and I, I don't even think it's close. I think he takes him out by the third or fourth round. I'm interested to see what kind of McGregor you're going to get back here. I would, I would, I would imagine that he wouldn't want to come in and lose this fight and be headed towards Triller Nation, right? Like the next thing here is for McGregor, if he can't get any wins in the top ten in his division in the UFC, is him going back and doing boxing matches against like Logan Paul or people that you know. That's the next step. But beyond, I mean, he doesn't need the money, so. Who knows, that'd have to be pretty ridiculous. Or he could do more things like he did with Mayweather that are a little bit more respectful, if that's the word you want to use as far as the fighting um, and the genre goes. I, I don't know. I wouldn't bet on this fight, personally. I could see McGregor getting his shit back together. But you would imagine that if, gun to my head, you know, if I had to make a bet here, I would take Poirier as well. Um, I think it's going to be a really nice card, though. I want to, yeah, boy, I'm just sh shouting out mags all over the place. Check out Five Rounds podcast this week right here on Chair Shot Radio Network. Great, great analogies. Probably, I would imagine heading into 264. Mags does a great job with that, him and his son Carlos. So, yeah, uh, should be a very interesting weekend. Tons of things going on. 
Last note is also Wimbledon is going on. And the reason I bring this up is Novak Djokovic has made it into the semifinals. If he wins Wimbledon, he'll won the first three legs of the major championships for this year. He'd still have to win the U.S. Open, and it's an Olympic year. The only person in tennis history to win all four majors and the Olympic gold medal in a single calendar year is Steffi Graf. He could become the second ever tennis player to win the gold slam. Currently 328 weeks in a row at number one. Wins Wimbledon. He'll be tied with Federer and Nadal at 20 majors. I mean, he's making a case here to be considered the greatest tennis player of all time. Certainly out of the one of the best generations ever. These are three of the six greatest tennis players ever. Yeah, most definitely. Do you think that he's yeah, do you think you so you think he has an argument over Federer? Well, I would put because I, I put it, Federer in front of Nadal because you know Nadal he really made his French, bones on the clay. Sure. Oh, he ended up getting better on the grass and the hard courts and stuff like that. But that's where he really cut his teeth. Well, I mean, this middle farmer won like yeah. eighty six. Yeah, he ran eighty six French French Opens. You know, but I still got Federer. But yeah, Djokovic is making a case, man. Well, I mean, if say Djokovic can completes this all five, he'll be he'll have one more Grand Slam and completed the calendar grand slam and gold slam. So I don't know. It's tough. It's interesting because they kind of, while they, while they, you know, ran next to each other for a long time, there was a period in Djokovic's earlier part of his career where he couldn't beat Federer and Nadal. And then as they got older and he became more experienced, he was still a little younger and, you know, got to beat them. I believe he's 35 or 36 now is Djokovic. So time is the son of a bitch. And then you die, just like all the legends we've named today that have fallen and Margot Kidder. I got to be honest, though, man, men's tennis bores me uh, right now. I I, I much prefer the women. I think the men have gotten too good. It's just a bunch of there's no serve and volley anymore. It's just a bunch of 200 mile per hour aces going back and forth. You know, it's just not it's not fun to me anymore. Plus, they'll play five sets of that. So I got to sit here for five hours and watch y'all do that. I much prefer the women. They've got better personalities. There's more variety in the type of play. Plus, worst case scenario, it goes three sets, two hours, two and a half, bada boom, bada bing, I'm out of there, and I go about my business. Plus, they're women. <laughs> you know, well, there's that too. There you go. From from a, from our heterosexual male perspective, yes, it definitely doesn't help that the outfits are flattering. So there's that. Uh, yeah, I I think that's it. I think we covered everything. Uh, you know, tune into that lightning game tonight. Dave and Patrick will have you covered Sunday morning and wrapping up hopefully a lightning victory tonight. And we'll be back next week, same plat time as we always are. Um, and I'm sure Platt will get to that. But for now, I'll let you know you can follow me at PC Tunney on the Twitter and the Facebook, ChairShot.com. Always use your head, sports entertainment and sports entertainment. And make sure you're checking out ChairShot Radio Network. We have three shows of content dropping every single day. Find it on all your streaming platforms and on the ChairShot.com. Don't forget to follow our other brethren, too, at It's Ray Cash. That is Ray as Indeed. in Mysterio, Cash as in Dollar Signs. And you can find, I think I said that right. That's how he yeah, says it, isn't that was, it? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, Ray Dollars. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, it was it's Ray, cash, it's, it's cash, but we call it, Ray Dollars. It, it, it's cash. Who's we? I, me, I, me. Yeah, I've never, I've never heard you say that. You ever call, ever call him Ray now. Dollars? Oh, maybe I just do it on uh, 
bandwagon nerds. <laughs> okay, cool. Y'all can find me on Twitter at the you Real Flat. I, I did, and now I regret it. Uh, also, let's again, get this over with so you can watch the ending of Bad News Bears. <laughs> I hope they let him play this time. You let know? them play. I'm sorry. I'll <laughs> let him talk. Let him talk. Please and thank you. Thank you and please. All jokes aside, though, if you appreciate the, the fire-ass content we provide day in and day out here at The Chair Shot, the best way to make sure we keep providing that fire-ass content day in and day out here at The Chair Shot is by going to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot. Not only are you going to be helping the cause, not only are you going to be funding the movement, but you're also going to make yourself much, much, much more aesthetically pleasing, which might lead to some teasing. If you know what I mean. And I'm not saying what's going to get teased, but it rhymes with Rick. Hey, shout out to all the fallen brethren that we've talked about this week. Shout out to Siegfried, Roy, Liberace, 16th president of the United States, Abraham Lincoln. Comic book legendary character, Margot Kidder. I wanted to call her an aficionado for some reason, but that didn't make any sense whatsoever. Shout out to her as well, though. And if I've mentioned any other uh, dead people, shout out to y'all too, man. Rest easy. Hey, man. I think we've got another one in the books. We've got a banger. For the Commissioner PC Tunney, I'm Mr. Velvet Pipes, Christopher Platt. We'll see y'all back here next week. Same Platt time, same Platt channel. Until then, shalom. Right. This cut goes out to all y'all that's been missing us for mad years. One love, yo. Yeah, that's right. He's got game. If man is the father, the son is the center of the earth, in the middle of the universe, then why is this verse coming six times rehearsed? Don't freestyle much, but I write them like such. Word. Amongst the fiends controlled by the screens, what does it all mean, all this shit I'm seeing? <laughs> Human beings screaming vocal javelins, sign of a local nigga unraveling. Uh-huh. My wandering got my ass wondering, with crisis and all this crisis, hating Satan never knew what nice is. Check the papers, well I bet on ISIS More than your eye can see and ears can hear Year by year all the sense disappears Nonsense perseveres, prayers links with fear Beware, two triple O's It might feel good, it might sound a little something But damn the game, if it don't mean nothing What is game, who got game, where's the game in life Behind the game, behind the game I got game, she got game, we got game They got game, he got game It might feel good, it might sound a little something But fuck the game, if it ain't saying nothing Damn, was it something I said? Pretend you don't see, so you turn your head. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.